everybody, and welcome back to Cold Cuts. We have just returned from a three, 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 three. Wow, during that three-week break, I clearly forgot how to talk. Good job, me. But yeah, we've just gotten back from a break. I hope you had a wonderful time without us. We had a wonderful time without you, but also we didn't have a wonderful time without you. We're so glad you're back. We're so happy to be back. Thank you, everybody. Anyway, I hope you had a great break. If you didn't, well, hopefully the show tonight will cheer you up just a little bit. That's what we're here for. Remember, Cold Cuts is the show where none of the actors have read the script until you see them live receiving it right here on Twitch. So we are starting a brand new story. This go-round, it is Day of the Greeks by Joseph Blakely. And the entire Cold Cuts show is based on a concept by Declan Grogan. And with a new story comes a new cast. So I would like to introduce you all to the actors. Actors, when I introduce you, give us your name, give us a little bit of a bio, tell us what character you're playing, and tell us one really fun thing that you did over the holiday. And if you didn't do anything fun over the holiday, I'm sorry, make up something. We'll just play two truths and a lie with it, but not really because we don't have that kind of time. But make something up if you have to. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and meet our actors for this storyline. First up, we have C. Chen. Hey guys, my name is C. I'm currently in Atlanta. My pronouns are she, they, and I grew up in New York. I'll be reading Wilson, Sam's mother, Vincent's mother. And my fun thing I did over the holiday season was go on a few new hikes with my dog. Ooh, where did you go hiking? This place called Stone Mountain in Atlanta, and I haven't gone for a while because they have a sculpture, like um, Robert E. Lee, like all those Confederate soldiers on the side. And I was like, eh. But my friend dragged me, and I was like, okay, I guess I'll go. But I did go to other, like, more normal ones where there was not, like, you know, Civil War atrocities on the stone. Right. Monuments to genocide. You can call it yeah. that. This is, a, this, is the, <laughs> this is the sort of environment where you can call it that. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have Brando Crawford. Hey, everyone. My name is Brando Crawford. Pronouns are he, him. I live in Chicago, which is really cold right now. I'm probably best known for a series called Acting for a Cause, which was not as cool as this. People did not get their scripts on the uh, moment of. So we had some rehearsals. But what was cool about it was there was celebrity participation. So every single uh, reading we did was featured like we had Florence Pugh doing Kenneth Lonergan play. We had uh, Margaret Qualley, who was just nominated or just won a Golden Globe, I think nominated, who did Juliet, Romeo and Juliet. List goes on. There's 80 actors. You can look it up, acting for a cause. And uh, what is something I did over the break? I went to New York uh, right after New Year's. And first night in New York, I got lost. My phone died. And I kid you not, I met by completely by chance the director, Ari Aster, on the streets after asking him for directions. Very cool. I think he's possessed. <laughs> that is both hilarious and I would totally believe it if you said that Ari Aster was possessed. Specifically, it would have to be Pazuzu. I feel like if it wasn't, that would just completely defeat the entire purpose of Hereditary. Fully. <laughs> that movie was a cry for help and you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> Up next, we have Delton Ingle Sorrel. Hi, my name is Delton Engel Sorrell. I'm a voice actor based in San Francisco. Uh, hmm, fun fact about me, I like talking to people about stuff they're enthusiastic about. And, uh, oh, 
I really want to pursue creature voices specifically for voice Ooh. acting because I really like Dee Bradley Baker's work. So I have a very patient partner, and she puts up with a lot of weird noises <laughs> in the house. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, holiday thingamajigs. I've got like four different, five now, different parts of the family that I have to like drive between to visit during the holidays, so that's a little bit hectic. But post-holidays... As a late Christmas gift, I just built this booth, which is why it's dark, because I've not installed much lighting yet. Yeah. I kind of like the dark. It makes you seem like you're broadcasting from the Bat Cave. I'm Batman. See, there's your creature voice right there. You could voice Pazuzu when he's possessing Ari Aster. I got, I got a lot of weird noises. Don't, don't get me started on that. <laughs> You know, if they are relevant to the script, I am all supportive of you. You can't just open that box and then not do it for this whole show. So you are going to have to find some way to slip in creature voices. Well, now that I have permission, you might have bit off a bit more than you wanted. But just, you know, just suit me a DM like, stop it. And then we'll be good. <laughs> no, that's okay. I will victim blame myself if that happens. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Up next, we have our first... Cold Cuts repeat offender, Crystal Lee, who you might recognize from How'd You Survive the 21st Century, the last story that we did before we went on break. Welcome back to the show, Crystal. Thank you, Meredith. You thought you got rid of me? Think again. I'm back. Um, hi, guys. I'm Crystal. <laughs> my pronouns are she, her. I live in Seattle. And yep, this is my second round on Cold Cuts. Um, so if you caught me back in How'd You Survive the 21st Century, hello again. Thanks for putting up with me. And let's see. Okay, what was the prompt? Uh, fun things I did over the holiday. Really funny story. You're going to have to believe me on this. I did nothing. And it was great. I love just doing nothing at home. I'm like, I don't know, like a caveman, a hermit. I really just love staying at home. I went out only like once to hang out with friends. And during that time, I, like, I got exposed or potentially exposed to COVID. So I was just like, all right, we're never doing that again. I didn't catch it. So we're good. But... Yeah, that was my... Uh, did I cover everything, Meredith? <laughs> Hi. While I know <clears throat> that I technically can't speak for everyone here, I'm relatively certain that I speak for everyone here when I say I'm very glad that you don't have COVID. Also, staying inside and not doing anything still sounds like heaven. It slaps! I took a whole week off during the break, and it was it was delightful. I didn't do anything. I did, like, one audition and I slept the rest of the time, and I read some books, and I was like, this is the greatest week of my life. Exactly. Exactly. Especially when you're home and, like, your parents are doing the cooking. You're just like, <laughs> I know. Oh, I don't live with my parent. Oh, I don't either, but I went home for the holidays, so they, oh, had, gotcha. they, had, to treat me, they had to treat me like a little princess, so that was great. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just went back to my mom's for one day, and, but, so I got, I got to eat her cooking on Christmas, but the rest of the time I had to, I had to fend for myself. <laughs> the audacity. Mm, I know. It's rough. It's rough out there, but you're, you're, you're killing it. I, I'm trying to kill it. I haven't given myself food poisoning yet, so at least I have that going for me. Up next, we have Nina Nikolic. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Hi. I'm Nina Nikolic. I'm she, her, by the way. Ooh, ooh. I'm a voice actor and a content creator. If you don't know what my content creation brand is, Kid Kerrigan is my, is my name on uh, the Twitch things, which I was doing for several years before I started voice acting. Before that, I worked in video games. And before that, I got a degree for animation, never actually animated anything, but I think I was good at it Kind of. But anyway, here we are. Yay. I do live with my parents and it's pretty great. 
most of the time. Woo! <laughs> and I'm an adult. I just love it here. I, I moved away by, my, by myself into America. I lived in San Francisco for about a year and a half for one of my jobs. And I hated being away from my parents because I love them so much. And so I came crawling back. So here I am. And over the holidays, I tried to sit and do nothing because I love that. I would love to just sit and do nothing and read books and all that kind of thing. But I'm also an idiot. So I completely <laughs> redid my website voicesofnina.com, by the way, or kidkerrigan.tv. It'll lead you to the same website now. We love it. And then I also went to visit my partner, my lovely, beautiful partner who lives in the next state over, which was terrifying because his state was COVID paninis all over the place. And I was like going into that, <laughs> but it was great. And we were fine. And now I'm back and COVID's everywhere now. So I will just stay here in my house forever. <laughs> and that's me. Solid plan. I am a, a- I'm also glad that you don't have COVID. And I'm also glad that you live with your parents. Oh, yeah. I am a big advocate of people living with their parents if they have a good relationship with their parents. Definitely. Like, we have so much space in this house. Why would we let it go to waste? And my dad makes me breakfast every morning and, like, wakes us up with breakfast. Like, literally, that's how we know how to get up and what time it is because Aww. dad's like, breakfast. <laughs> so, yeah. So and then when he goes out to go to work, I get all confused because I don't know what to do anymore. Like, it takes me a second to be like, what is the process of breakfast making currently? Because I'm not awake yet and so, like... <laughs> 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 but yeah, spoiled, spoiled, you know, middle-aged lady over here. <sighs> Your dad sounds like a real sweetheart. I, I had lived with my parents briefly and it was, I, I just realized that like, it's not them. It's, I can't live with other people. Like I like, I like my There space. is that part of it. Definitely. I miss the amazing food because both of my parents knew slash know how to cook. So I'm stuck eating anything that I make. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the solitary life and being able to kind of control my environment a little bit when I lived alone. Did love that, but I definitely have to be close to them. So that's like, you know, the whole thing. And we have so much space in this house. Duh. Like, oh, such a big house. <laughs> I live close enough to my mom to be able to see her whenever, almost whenever I want, but I also live far enough away to where I have space. So it's nice. I feel like I've struck that nice balance, but God, do I miss the food. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm pretty sure that if I called her up tomorrow and I was like, Mommy, I want to move back home and have you make me breakfast every morning, she would be like, A, I knew this day would come, and B, <laughs> of course, sweetheart, I would love to make you breakfast every morning. Uh, living the dream, Nina. Living the dream. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> up next, we have Julia Osborne. I'm going to correct you. It's Osborne, <laughs> but you're close enough. Oh, Orsborne, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's a tricky one. Everybody gets it wrong. I've met like two people in my life that got it right first try, so it's fine. Yeah, pronoun she, her. Born and raised in southern Indiana. I'm still here. I also live at home with my parents. Yeah! Even though I graduated college like five years ago. Got my degree in theater and drama from Indiana University. Yeah, since then I've been, yeah, working an office job and trying to voice act on the side. Gosh, okay, Christmas. It seems so long ago. I got exposed to COVID for the first time. No, that I know of. Like, the first time that I'm aware that I got exposed, but I didn't get it. So all good there. And I got to work remotely for a week. 
which is the best thing ever when you don't have to drive into work. So that's that's my excitement. Look, not having to go into the office is a big, amazing, awesome. I live awesome 45 deal. minutes away too, so not having to drive that time to and from is so good. It is so good. Yeah, it's so much better for the environment, too. Like, you would think that people would be like, oh, let's do our part to save the environment. But also, you have to drive an hour twice a day in your car. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because if you live in a city that doesn't have decent public transportation, you're just making smog happen. Yep. We're pretty rural, so it's like about 20 miles in the country. So... Yeah. Well, here's hoping to many more days at home, but not many more days being exposed to COVID. I'm also very happy that you are healthy. Me too. It seems to be a theme <laughs> here. I'm glad that all of you are healthy. I hope you stay healthy. But if you don't, then I hope you have a quick recovery. And last but not least, McKenna Ramsey. <gasps> Hello. Hi, Tansi. I'm McKenna. McKenna Dishinikashun. I'm a Métis woman living in Toronto in Canada above the medicine line, aka Treaty 13. I don't have any good Christmas or holiday or break stuff. I do have a fun fact. My favorite colors are yellow and pink because I love cartoons. And my other favorite color is black because I love metal music so much. Would love to pick your brain sometime about that. That sounds awesome. And as far as I'm concerned, that's a good way to spend your break. All right. Everyone, Joe Blakey, who wrote this episode, is in the chat, and he says, hello, or hi. <laughs> so I think with Joe's blessing and Joe's greeting, let's go ahead and get started. So please send the actors their scripts platform, and once you receive your script Actors, make sure to please give me a thumbs up so that I know we are ready to go. Okay, perfect. It looks like all of our actors are ready. Now to get started. Day of the Greeks, Episode 1. A Play to Save the World by Joseph Blakey. A polluted beach in the not-so-distant future. Past the water, the sky lights up in fire. Thousands of starfish have washed up on the shore. They are dying. They cannot get back to the sea. A pair of black shoes steps into the sand of the beach. They belong to a mysterious stranger, a stern older man. The explosions and fires in the distance in the world of the future become louder and brighter. Draco, what have you done? The silhouette of an enormous eldritch dragon moves across the red sky. The fire lights over the stranger's face as he looks in fear and awe. Cut to... Exterior, neighborhood, day. Open on brown shoes, walking at a leisurely pace. Follow the owner of these brown shoes, an upperclassman high school student wearing headphones and suspenders. He walks down the sidewalk without a care in the world. His arms spread and he begins to vibe with the music. He gets to a steely four-story building that dwarfs him. This is Graymore High School. He enters the wide doors of the school. He passes through a metal detector and is immediately approached by a school guard. Hey, uh, are you a student? Yeah, I just stepped out for a second. Uh, I have class. Let me uh, see your ID. The student pulls out a student ID from his pocket. He gives it to the school guard. The guard hands it back to him. All right, Vincent. You know you have to have that around your neck. Oh, yeah, sure. Vincent continues to walk into the school building. He waits for the guard to be behind him and puts the ID back in his pocket. 
He enters a classroom not far off from the main doors. He opens the door and enters the classroom. Oh, hey. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I didn't see you in science class. Didn't go. You, you didn't go? It didn't feel like it. The various conversations fade away. Time slows down. Entering center frame at the door is Sam. She wears cheap baggy clothes and plain white sneakers. She sits by herself. She looks to her left and sees another student, Rowan, sitting by herself in stylish overalls. They exchange looks. Sam casually listens to the other students' conversations. The words blur together for her like a totally different language. Hi. Hi. You look kind of lonely all by yourself. You a freshman? Yeah, you? Sophomore. Cool. I haven't seen you around. You've taken a class like this here before? Huh, um, um, no, not really. Cool. Should be fun. I really like this teacher. Yeah. I'm sorry, do you want to be alone? What? Um, no, sorry, I'm, I'm fine. Rowan. Sam views a conversation between Vincent and Ember. I still don't understand how long it took for us to get to this. We can't get another art class, but still four years of math, four years of science. I like science. I know you like science, but we got like a ton of scientists. <laughs> what about musicians and painters and basket weavers? Basket weavers? Yeah, basket weavers. They do beautiful work. One of the oldest professions in the world and not a single class on basket weaving. The world needs more basket weavers. Okay, you can weave baskets if you want. I mean, I personally don't want to weave baskets. Well, then why are you talking about baskets? I don't know. Someone else might want to do it. But why bother with the... Uh... <laughs> the point is, I'm glad we have a class like this. Yeah, okay, me too. What are you going to draw? Hmm? Uh, what are you going to draw? Wh what am I going to draw? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't think this is that kind of a class. I, I think we're going to draw what we're assigned. Assigned? Yeah, assigned. Hmm. Well, if you didn't have an assignment... What would you draw? Why are you asking me this? <laughs> I'm curious. What would you draw? Well, I don't know. I'm not an artist, you know. I don't like putting myself out there. Putting yourself out there? It's a drawing. Fine. Um, um, baskets. <laughs> baskets. I, I draw baskets. You draw baskets? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you draw baskets? Well, I don't know. You were just talking about baskets. Okay, but why do you want to draw baskets? Oh my god, if you say basket one more time. But you were the one who brought it up. Look, I don't know, okay? I don't know what I'd draw. What would you want to draw? I don't... No, it's embarrassing. What? No, not now. What about you? Me? Yeah, you. What would you draw? <sighs> Something... important. Something important? It's drawing. Sam overhears the conversation and looks over, quietly listening. Drawing is important. The world needs drawing. It, like it needs baskets. Oh, but, but do we need to- Yes. Look at us. We're, we're constantly at war. We're destroying our environment. We need- Yeah, it's like- Vincent and Ember stop and look at her and Rowan. A long pause. Sorry. I- Nothing. I'm- I'm just gonna stop talking. Sorry. The teacher, Miss Wilson, arrives, exhausted. Hi, everyone. I'm Miss Wilson. Thank you for waiting. Had a few final things to work out. I'm glad you all signed for this, so thank you. Can everyone pull out their kits? 
The students pull drawing kits out of their backpacks. I don't have a kit. Just borrow mine. Everyone situated? Great, let's begin. Miss Wilson pulls down a manual dry erase screen. Cut to interior Sam's living room, afternoon. Sam enters her home into the living room. The interior is simple and claustrophobic, a bit run down. Sam's mother, 40s to 50s, stands on a chair trying to fix a broken ceiling fan. Hey, Mom. Hey, Sam. How was school? It was good. Sam moves straight from the door to her room and closes the door behind her. Sam's room is small, but suits her. There is a table with a massive custom Lego castle sitting on an also-completed 500-piece puzzle. Her wall is covered in drawings. Once she is in her room, she breathes a sigh of relief and collapses on her bed. Sam does homework in her room. She overhears her parents talking. They can't take her IEP away. Are we going to need to sue? Most likely. I don't want to do this again, but if we need to... The rest of the conversation is muffled. Time passes. Sam works on a few drawings on her bed. Sam's father knocks on the door. Uh, Sam, can I come in? Sure. Sam's father opens the door and comes in. Hey, Dad. Mom says you've been really tired the last few days. It's just school. Just school? Sam's father notices the Lego castle on the table. Oh, you finished it. How long did it take you? I lost track. Did you make any friends in your new class? Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? I don't know. Maybe? He sighs and smiles at her. (sighs) Okay. I'm gonna head downstairs. I love you, weirdo. Love you, Dad. He leaves her room. She turns to the castle and looks closely at a minifigure trapped inside it. She gives the figure a cape and fiddles with it in her hand. Interior, Graymore classroom. Day. Under her classroom desk, Sam's foot starts to tap up and down slowly. Students drop their bags beside their desk. They take out their class materials. Sam and Rowan do the same. Sam and Rowan are in separate classrooms divided by a classroom divider. Sam sits next to a window. The class begins and a teacher's hand closes the divider between the two classrooms, cutting off Sam and Rowan. All right, yesterday we left off. The teacher's voice starts to drown out. Sam blankly stares at the teacher. Sam's foot taps faster and louder until... Sam? Sam is taken out of a trance. Yes? Can you not do that? Do what? Your foot. Oh, um, okay. The teacher moves on, leaving Sam alone. Sam recovers from the attention and starts to relax. She starts drawing in her notebook. As I've said before, your research papers are due Monday 22nd, but I will be collecting a full analysis of your sources a week before that, and that will be counting for... Sam lightly draws a smaller caricature of herself. She looks up at the clock and then erases her caricature entirely, leaving a clean, empty page. Sam looks out the window. A song starts to play, calling out to Sam from the window. Fade to interior, Vincent's room, night. The song continues to play, this time from a record player in Vincent's room. Vincent's room is not the most tidy. Modest. It isn't as decorative as Sam's room, but Vincent himself looks quite comfortable. He sits in his open room reading a copy of The Great Gatsby with the windows open. One. Lightning strikes. Vincent is startled at first, but keeps reading. It starts to rain suddenly. Vincent moves to the window and closes the curtain. He goes back to reading. Wind starts to whistle. 
It gets louder and louder until the curtains burst open and wind gushes into his room, leaving his homework, his sheets, and all items in his room flying chaotically through the air. Vincent holds onto his book. The wind stops. Vincent hears a large collision from outside. It momentarily startles him. Deadpan, he closes the book. He walks over to the window and closes that too. He heads downstairs. Vincent walks out his front door to the cold outdoors. It has stopped raining. Vincent looks outward, staring into the dark woods outside his home. His stomach growls. Cut to interior Vincent's kitchen, night. Vincent opens his fridge. He closes it again. He grabs a coat and keys and walks out of the frame. In his garage, Vincent gets into a yellow Fiat. He pulls up from the driveway. The stranger from the opening of the film walks directly in front of the car, unaware of Vincent. Vincent hits the stranger. The stranger's face collides with the windshield in front of Vincent. Vincent is shocked. (sighs) Oh my god, are are you okay? Uh, I'm so sorry. (sighs) I'm fine. Vincent gets out of the car. The stranger pushes himself off the car. He tries to stay on his feet but tumbles into the mud. Vincent rushes to help him up. Oh, crap. The stranger realizes his nose is bleeding. He seems fascinated with it. Let me guide you inside. I'll I'll call you an ambulance. You have any food? Cut to. A hand grabs large selections of food from a pantry. The stranger gathers his bounty of food and stuffs his face in Vincent's kitchen. He wears a massive nose bandage. Are, Are you okay? Can you not try to make a mess? I'm really not supposed to bring strangers into the house, so... so. I mean, food like this in forever. I I mean, it would be really nice if you could... I really miss it. We don't really get to eat where I come from. It's just bread. Nothing but bread. You You can't eat so much. I don't know, pace yourself? It's been a while since I had a body, I don't want to call another grocery run. Wait, what did you say? Yeast bread, pita bread... Rock bread. I'm sick of it. You have any soup? Uh, Look, I'm gonna need to wake up my parents, but first... The stranger, not paying attention, goes back into the pantry. He comes out excited, holding a package of noodles. Nifty Noodles by Draco Incorporated. The logo consists of a serpent and a mockingbird locked in combat. What's this? Nifty Noodles. I'm intrigued. The people that make this stuff are total assholes, and it's all chemicals, but... Uh, can you please listen for a second? I, I need you to sit down and mm. rest. The stranger stops. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll sit down. <sighs> Vincent and the stranger move into the living room. The stranger sits down in a chair with his trough of food, including a bowl of nifty noodles. Uh, you know that's uncooked, right? The stranger magically warms the bowl with his hand. Vincent's eyes widen. The stranger looks at his wristwatch and eats his noodles. What's today? When am I? When are you? What? I'm not used to the restricting confines of linear time. Past, present, future. This is all pretty weird for me. Uh, huh? Vincent thinks and then walks to his phone on a counter. What are you doing? I'm calling an ambulance. Why are you doing that? I think you have a head injury or or something. No, don't. Vincent unlocks and starts dialing on his phone. 
just hold on a moment. Put that phone down. Trust me, I'm trying to help you. Mm, don't do it. Hi, yeah, I, I'd like to request a, I don't know, an ambulance. The stranger holds out his hand and the phone zips from Vincent's hand. Flies across the room and bursts into flames. <laughs> Holy hell! Vincent freezes, dumbfounded. The stranger eats a spoonful of noodles. The flaming phone disappears. Holy hell indeed. Vince? Vincent and the stranger turn and see Vincent's mother near the top of the stairs. You yelled. Everything okay? Uh, yeah, everything's fine. Who are you talking to? Vincent looks at the stranger, then back at his mother. You can't... <clears throat> no one. Okay. Try to go to bed at a reasonable hour, all right? Yeah, of, of course. Vincent's mother goes upstairs and exits. She... she couldn't see you. <laughs> of course not. This, this can't be happening. You're, you're a hallucination. You, you have to be. I'm not a hallucination. I'm just going crazy. <laughs> the stranger growls with food still in his mouth. I'm not a hallucination. Well, then why can't she see you? Because I'm a, what's the word? Huh. I can't remember the word. He wanders back to his chair and collects a few more items of food. Why do you call him a de-something? De, de call what? Demon! That's it. That's the word. I'm a demon. He takes a huge cartoonish bite out of a hot dog. A demon? Like evil red fire demon? No, 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 no. no. Not that at all. No, <laughs> oh, I'm here to corrupt you. Oh, I'm going to tempt you. Oh, no, I'm a demon in the Greek sense, okay? Um, I'm here to help you. Help me. The stranger swallows his food and sighs. <sighs> you might want to sit down. They both sit down. May 22nd at 7.45 p.m. Several weeks from now, the future will change forever. A small but irreversible event will transpire that will send the entire world into chaos. All right. This will trigger an ecological disaster in several years' time. World governments will start to collapse, billions will die. The world as you know it will cease to exist. I'm confused. Oh, please. You feel it. You all do. The current, the world crumbling apart piece by piece. And you're helpless to stop it. Vincent listens. Okay, you're starting to freak me out now. How do I know you're real? The stranger finishes eating and stands up. He lifts his hand up. Stand still. He holds up his hand and makes a gesture with his fingers. Vincent backs up a bit. Mm, not gonna hurt you. He lowers it on Vincent and... Vincent is transported to the beach of starfish in the post-apocalyptic future. Ominous drums play. He walks across the beach in awe of his surroundings. He sees the starfish washed up on the shore. He sees the blast of fire in the distance. What is this? Vincent sees the silhouette of the eldritch being in the distance. He crumbles to the ground and curls into a ball, terrified. <laughs> this isn't happening. This isn't happening. Fear, greed, carelessness. All the sins of your present culminate here. 
Vincent looks up from the sand and sees the fence. A factory with the Draco logo. Behold the Draco Corporation. Their factories will poison your seas and birth the dragon that will eat the world. Vincent looks up at the eldritch dragon across the ocean. He grasps the sand and feels something buried. A dash of plastic red and a pair of white sneakers. Sam's sneakers. What do I do? What, what do I do? Stand up, Vincent. You can escape this. The beach starts to change. The eldritch being fades away. The sun comes out and color returns to the world. Vincent stands up. The world needs you. What does it need from me? Cut to interior Graymore cafeteria. Day. Sam gets lunch in the cafeteria. She gets a couple items of food, but no tray. She sits by herself. She observes the other tables. Standing at another lunch table, Ember talks to a group of classmates. I don't know if I can get in. I'm not going to risk it. I think I'm just going to stick with the Draco thing if they call me back. Sam looks at the other kids socializing with each other. She goes back to her lunch. The cafeteria itself has windows through which you can see the hallway. Vincent appears from behind one of these windows. He gestures to get Sam's attention. Sam notices him. She pauses for a minute in confusion. She then recognizes him from drawing class. She waits until no one is looking and then leaves through the cafeteria doors. Sam looks behind her and then at Vincent, who approaches her with urgency. Hi. Um... Sam. You're Sam, right? Yeah. Vincent notices a school guard approaching their location. Uh, come here. Vincent starts to leave, away from the cafeteria hallway. What? Uh, just come here. Uh, this way. Sam follows him. Vincent and Sam sit in a hallway far from the cafeteria. They eat their lunches. Neither of them have trays. Some time has passed. Vincent's hair is even more disheveled and he looks visibly fidgety. He tries to hide it. So, like, uh, I'm thinking, what if the second coming of Jesus Christ will not be a person but a, a movement? Okay. And that movement will be people saying like, hey, maybe we shouldn't go to war. Maybe we shouldn't kill each other. Like the 60s? Yeah, exactly. What if the 1960s was the second coming of Jesus and we just blew it? What? A school guard comes by. <clears throat> what are you doing in the hallway? We're having lunch. Have lunch in the cafeteria. You're not supposed to be in the hallways. Okay, yeah, we'll go back there. The school guard watches as Vincent and Sam walk toward the cafeteria. The school guard follows them for a bit and then goes back to her patrol. Vincent dashes into a corner of the school unnoticed by guards. Sam follows. Do you know who Marvin Gaye is? Yeah, I know who Marvin Gaye is. You know that song where Marvin Gaye is going like, What's going on? What's going on? That's exactly what Jesus would be saying if he, if he saw us today, right? Are you saying that you think Marvin Gaye is Jesus? <laughs> Maybe. He goes, mother, mother, there's too many of you crying, brother, brother, there's too many of you dying. That's literally what Jesus would be saying today. Okay. And then you also have how God had to let Jesus die, so Jesus was killed by his own dad, kind of, and... Then you have Marvin Gaye, whose actual father killed him? Sam scowls in confusion. 
all I'm saying is maybe the second coming already happened and maybe it didn't work and now we need to do the work ourselves. What are you talking about? But we don't have much time. You, you know what I'm saying? You don't know what I'm saying. Okay. Um, what I'm trying to say is... Vincent looks ahead and sees the stranger down the hallway. What if we could change the world T today? Like, actually change the world? What do you mean? What if we didn't need to wait? What if it was possible? A, a single event, a moment, a play that could pivot the world in the right direction. I don't know. That sounds kind of big. Then maybe it is. But that, that doesn't mean it's not possible. We, we believe that things are impossible usually because they've never been done before in the past, right? And because they've never been happened before, they're unrealistic. But just because something hasn't happened before doesn't mean it can't ever happen. I mean, almost major... Every major event in human history was a, a first of its time, right? Okay. How would a play like that change the world? I mean, what would it even be about? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anything. Pirates, space. I don't know. What, what do you want to write about? Sam laughs. <laughs> Vincent gestures to her to keep her voice down. That's dumb. What do you mean that's dumb? It's dumb. You give me this whole spiel and you don't even have an idea for what the show might be? Well, I don't know yet, but with a little bit of time. We have time now. The bell rings. Students pour out of classrooms. <sighs> okay, hear me out. After school today, I'm gathering a couple of people at the lighthouse. You want to come? To help on your show? Yeah, at seven. The lighthouse. I don't know where that is. Look it up. There's music and art and coffee. It's great. You drink coffee at seven? <laughs> if you want to go, go. I'll be there. Vincent stands up. He throws his lunch out and walks away. Sam stands up, perplexed. Interior, Graymore classroom, day. Sam focuses on a clock in a classroom. She sits in class listening to the teacher's lecture. She writes notes in her class notebook. She slows down before stopping altogether. She starts drawing a curved line running through the paper grid lines like vines around a fence. She lightly draws a spaceship in her notebook. She erases it again and looks once again at a blank page. For your source analysis, you should have at minimum a paragraph explaining why you chose your source. Sam looks outward at the window. She then looks at the classroom divider. The bell rings. Students rush out of classrooms to their next period. Sam rushes out and looks for Rowan, the classroom over. Rowan! Rowan! Sam gets Rowan's attention. Sam, hi. What's up? You want to work on a show to change the world like Marvin Gaye almost did back in the 1960s with me and a guy from our class later today at the lighthouse? Sam furrows her brow and processes. Rowan smiles patiently. Um, sorry... What I meant to say was, are you free later today? Yeah, I am. Why? A guy from our class has the show he wants to do. Can you come with me? I don't want to go by myself. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Um, It's at the lighthouse. Do you know where that is? Right by the bear furnishing store? Yeah. Cool. 
Cool. Um, awesome. Great. Sam rushes off to her next class. Rowan stands confused, but curious. Exterior, neighborhood, afternoon. Sam rides her bike in the neighborhood sometime after school. She feels the wind on her face. She rides faster, impatient to get to her destination on time. She looks behind her and sees Rowan following her path, also on a bike. A hint of a smile from Sam. She looks forward, determined. Exterior, the lighthouse, afternoon. The lighthouse, a deceivingly small-looking cafe with a bohemian aesthetic. Brick walls and open alley and street art. Think 1960s Piper's Alley in Old Town Chicago. Sam and Rowan enter the lighthouse. From their faces, you can tell this place is alien to them. The lighthouse itself is cozy, if a bit claustrophobic. A single room reaching all the way to the alley with a recreational area with couches at the far end. The cafe has a good crowd. Strange community art pieces decorate the walls. The chairs are all made of aging painted wood. Vincent sits in the recreational area at the end of the room with another student playing the ukulele. This is Chuck. Chuck wears a bright yellow polo shirt, khakis, sandals with socks and sunglasses indoors. Part preppy fitness nut, part 1950s crooner. It's Sam, over here. Sam and Rowan pass through a number of people to get to the recreational area. Strange-looking people come in and out of the cafe. A Star Wars cantina on planet Earth. Sam and Rowan sit down with Vincent in the recreational area. In this corner, there is a collection of band equipment, children's books, and crayons. Lots of crayons. This place is simultaneously a good place for parents to take their children and a favorite spot for 90s grunge bands. You're, uh, Rowan, right? Yeah. Cool. This is my friend Chuck. I'm Chuck. I'm Sam. Okay, um, what's this all about? Vincent goes into his torn-up messenger bag and pulls out pages of a script. In my hand, I hold pages of a play. A play, I believe, will save the world. Save the world? Yes. We're going to put it on together. All of us. Okay, baby. Sam, can I talk to you for a second? Rowan and Sam go to a corner of the cafe away from Vincent and Chuck. I don't know about this, Sam. What? Uh, he sounds... Optimistic? Crazy. Maybe that's a good thing. I can't actually talk, like... Talk like... I don't know. It's different. I don't know what he sees in us, but... Okay, you brought me here. Come on, Rowan. This is exciting. I've got a good feeling about this. So what he's talking about is... I don't know either, but let's hear this out. All right? Okay. Rowan and Sam go back. You guys in? Maybe. Where would we put this on? There is a back area here. With the right resources, we can convert into a stage area. Super professional. Who's writing the play? Vincent looks to his left and sees the stranger sitting next to him, still with his bandage. No one else can see him. The stranger takes a bite out of a chicken wrap and regurgitates it. The wrap bursts into flames and dies out in a few seconds. He takes another bite, enjoying it this time. Vincent looks back at Sam, Rowan, and Chuck. Uh, I am. I have the script. We can work on it together. How does the show save the world, then? An image of a noodles wrapper with the Draco logo. Another image of the dark woods in the future. A fence. An ominous factory. It's... 
<sighs> he smiles but freezes. The stranger glares at him. A long pause. Vincent looks at Sam. I'm sorry, is it my turn to talk? I'm not being rude, I'm genuinely asking. You're all good, Sam. Uh, I don't know how it saves the world. But I think it's gotta start with us showing up. The stranger leans back. Showing up? Uh, I don't know. I feel you. This is groovy. I'm in. You are? You're in? Get to do something outside the school. Why not? He's right. It's not like we have anything like this at school. Rowan sighs and smiles. Okay. How do we start? Vincent's script pages from his bag are slammed up onto the table. Vincent, Sam, Rowan, and Chuck pick them up. These are the next few pages of the script. I can get another actor, but we need someone on crew. I got you. Perfect. That leaves uh, transportation. I can drive, but I don't know how often I can get the car. Any of you have a license? Silence. No one raises their hands. They all look at each other. Not you, Chuck? I, I don't believe in the automobile as a necessary element of transportation. I walk. Okay. Exterior, yellow Fiat, day. Chuck's foot steps onto a sidewalk toward the Fiat. Chuck, Rowan, Sam, and Vincent each walk on the sidewalk in slow motion. They all then enter Vincent's yellow Fiat one by one in slow motion. The stranger looks at his wristwatch and sees them depart. End of script one. Great job, everybody. And what a amazing beginning. Wow. So for you, uh, just to... A general question for both the actors as well as those of you watching on Twitch. What was the most surprising moment for you, just as, apart from Twitch chat, don't get sassy with me, apart from just knowing that the story exists in the first place? What what surprised you? What shocked you? The fact that I knew to go and get some cheese and crackers before we started. <laughs> Not gonna lie. That I was, was like inspired. That was that amazing. Was, there might be a chance. I'm going to need this. And then the other thing that surprised me was by the time I ran out of cheese and crackers, I didn't need them anymore. And I was like, <laughs> that's, it was perfect. That was so good. Oh my Beautiful. God. I, I seriously thought that like, maybe you just happened to have snacks right there with you and we're like, I'm going to No, I this. went to get some on our bio break. And then, oh. and yeah, otherwise everything surprised me because I literally had no idea what to expect at all. <laughs> There was not a single moment in time where I knew where the script was going, and I love yeah. that. <laughs> Delton, thank you for providing Foley for us. That added so much texture to the scene. Yeah. That was what I was surprised about. Permission. <laughs> of course I was giving you permission. It added, it added like a sense of texture to the scene. It, it gave um, like a really great sense of environment. Like, by all means, do it. Like. Sweet. I fully support that. And just good job. That was very, very creative, very thoughtful addition to the to the story, I thought. And uh where so where do you think we're going from here? How does this adventure start? How does a play prevent an eldritch dragon from rising? <laughs> how, how do they get from A to B? What, what what are your predictions? They can be outlandish. We have fun here. Hmm. Just gotta get into the minds of the people, man. 
It's going to change minds. It's going to, the demon's going to use their play to create a literal Greek chorus out of the world. The humans will climb into one giant Ooh. person hive mind and they will battle as a giant unit. I know that's not going to happen. No, wait, I think, think you're about. onto something there. Like, what if the play is like a ritual and it's yeah. like the ritual to banish the eldritch dragon, but disguised Ooh. as a play? Yeah. Also, McKenna, Love I think you, you just, like, described the ending of Evangelion. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> so I know you're not plagiarizing. Yeah. You just what have mean? the Wikipedia page for Evangelion right but there. What, you can see that. You're like, uh. I'm what just mean? like, it's endgame, but theater. I thought, yeah, I thought that was the script. It's like Sam's giant head lands into the uh, primordial <laughs> soup river of red. I'm just sitting there. Like this. It's all about my sneakers, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Sam's sneakers. That was so <laughs> eerie. It's like, uh, yeah, that was a weird part that I was like, why are just her shoes there? Did she, like, get vaporized? <laughs> just like, the only thing that didn't get vaporized with her was her shoes. <laughs> well, I mean, they are made of, apparently, plastic. That's some doll-like so, execution right there. Yeah, I was like, she went for a swim, but vaporized works, too. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think given the context, vaporized probably makes a lot more sense. I guess. Yeah. I mean, she could have gotten eaten by the dragon, too. She could have, like, gone for a swim and then just, like, yeah. That's a yeah, you're, you're right. Why not both? Why dragon. not both? Swim and vapor. Oh. Sam is the dragon. Oh, no. <laughs> it, was the, it was the big evil all along. I knew oh. it. She had a, oh. big bad she had a bad pack of noodles and McKenna then one day. With a galaxy oh, no. brain. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's teacher that's number a, one knows all. That's, that's all a galaxy brain take right there. Give me a little bit like a Madoka Magica vibe with the. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. You know, sorry, so good. sorry, right? chat for spoiling the whole thing for you. But oh, it's that good. <laughs> <laughs> any other predictions? Any other thoughts? Any other thing that excited you? I uh, I, do, I obviously don't know anything about this play. It's completely like everything's coming out of left field. But I do know the author. I know Joe Blakey, who is a genius. And, uh, and I trust him. I also trust that it will be chaos. I, I trust, I know what he's, you know, what he's written in the past. It will go in a direction none of us can expect. So we might as well just give up. <laughs> Try I'm getting some Andrew Garfield, I'm not in Spider-Man No Way Home vibes from this. Hey. I don't know. It's suspicious. Hey, no, no. <laughs> I, all, all, I, all I can tell you is, is that I like the, the opening scene really tripped me up. and um, and I, for some reason, like, then felt like uh, Breakfast Club vibes, like teenagers. But then now it's, what is it? Is it, is it, uh, are we going to get an intimate look into this friend group? Will we get a more um, expanded look into this dystopian future? I want it all. I like these characters. They're fun. Can I say really quick that everyone who played multiple characters i've had to do that on a zoom live stream play before so kudos to you for like all oh, right this is the voice i had to do for that yeah yeah okay we're good we're good and yeah no, thank you applause <laughs> teacher one and guard two i'm pretty sure my next prediction is they're gonna also be the big baddie i just i feel it they're just were so critical i don't know just a vibe. It the one teacher does the, have yeah. her like the paper is due this, on the, the same day. I the, yeah, the paper's due on the day of the apocalypse. It's not <laughs> a coincidence. I, I do not that. mean I don't have to do the paper if the world's <laughs> ending on the due date. If right, you don't turn in your paper, the world ends. Ooh. Due date. Well, I mean, it's not looking good for Sam because she's just always drawing. So. 
<laughs> Things aren't looking too great on that regard. The education system is failing, Sam, not the other way around. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they did They did mention an IEP for Sam and how it might be revoked. So they already have started dropping They're already hits. messing with her. Yeah. What's an IEP? Yeah, yeah, I was what just is about that? to ask that. So an IEP, I'm trying to remember what it stands for. It is an individualized education program. It is usually used for... Um, Students with disabilities, typically like a learning disability or a neurological disability or something like that. It is it is an accessibility protocol. It, it sounds like Sam has something that requires some degree of accommodation and accessibility from the teachers that the teachers aren't and the school are apparently not too happy about because it might be dropped. Uh, we also have a comment from the chat. Or worse, if you stop the apocalypse, you'll still have to do the paper. I'm going to make sure. Honestly, just let it end. I just, I'm not doing that <laughs> or if you stop nah. the apocalypse, if you stop the apocalypse, then the stranger's just going to haunt you forever. There are fates worse than You're death. just not going to have any. It'll be like it'll be like in Melbourne right now. We have food shortages all across the state because everyone's isolating from COVID or has COVID. So it's literally just the stranger eating all your food at all times and you're just going to starve to death. In fairness, the stranger did seem actually like a lot of fun and probably someone I would hang out with, even though I would miss out on my food. I really like the voice. I really like the voice that you chose. Yeah. As soon as Uh, it was like stern old man, I'm like, oh shit. That was, it was a, you made, it was a very fun, the the accent was a very fun choice. It was the perfect choice. Really the perfect choice. The only (laughs) choice. I need that as like my alarm to wake up. I need like your version of that character. Be like the world. It's wake up time. (laughs) Get the hell out of bed. (laughs) She's there like crunching on her cheesy cracker. (laughs) Why are the crumbs on my face? (laughs) I'm gonna have to clean my desk now. (laughs) (laughs) Just get the air cannon in your keyboard. Yeah, yeah, like my dad has one. I want to hear you. Do all the narration for the dude in The Big Lebowski now. (laughs) Sam Elliott's going to be put out of a job because of Nina. Uh, From chat, (laughs) I'd get a beer with the stranger. There's no indication that the stranger drinks, but I would too. I bet bet being a Damon, the stranger has some really interesting stories. Especially, like, can you imagine not experiencing linear time and also being drunk on top of that? <laughs> Do I those mean, cancel out or what I have to say about I that? I don't know. That's is it what like D and D rules? Like if you have advantage and disadvantage, like it just cancels out. <laughs> oh like God. I can see the curve of time, and then it's like, oh, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, the and... time knife. We've all seen it. Yes, the time knife. <laughs> I also, I also watched. Um, we watched the Eternals last night for the first time. So when it was like Stranger makes a gesture, I'm like, well, it's gonna have to be finger guns because. <laughs> I can't think of anything else right now. <laughs> so it's just like, we're going somewhere. <laughs> I wanted to do the Foley for the burp into fire, but I couldn't get a burp up in time in the script. <laughs> That's my biggest regret. Wow, not the Come on, Delton, do better. Fun fact, uh, has anyone not seen Elf here uh, with uh, Will Ferrell? As like, it's like a Christmas movie. Um, I haven't seen forever. Okay, there's a scene with like that like 15 second long burp, and that was uh, dubbed in by voice actor Maurice Lamarche, who did like Brain and Pinky and the Brain and things like that. And it's also not a burp. He just literally like tucks his head in and goes like, "Oh, 
oh, yeah. and like just does that for 15 seconds straight. If you look that up on YouTube, you're in for a good time. 15 second burp, I'd be like, give, give, them, give them an award. <laughs> I, I hope he got paid very well for that. Like, I hope Maurice LaMarche bought a yacht with he his was union then, so with his burp money. money. Oh the yeah, get that, get that nice. SAG after money, Maurice LaMarche. Jeez. Um, well, with that, thank you everybody for being here tonight. We, it was so much fun to get this story started. I am really excited to be going on the rest of this journey with you. We're going to have fun. We're probably going to see some stuff get set on fire and maybe we'll save the world or or maybe we won't. Maybe everything will blow up and Sam won't have to turn in that paper after all. Go figure. Shoot, I slept in. Because right now it's just like the SpongeBob essay where she's just got a really pretty the on the page. <laughs> hey, you know what? Being able to draw a really pretty the is a life skill that I think is extremely underrated and deserves some recognition. So everyone, mm-hmm. like, a picture is yeah. worth a thousand words. Yeah, so are baskets. A thousand words. If You've Sam fails, words. if Sam fails, we burn the school down. Mm-hmm. The school has failed her, so just like burn it down. You don't need it. Get a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, destroy the system. Something, something. Education reform. We need it all. Ah, anti-colonialize. Ah. If it takes an eldritch dragon to fix this system, we're gonna do it. We're gonna get the dragon. Like this dragon from the eldritch dragon. Or maybe the Eldritch Dragon is exactly what we need to save the community center. Anyway, Cold Cuts is based on an original idea by our writing partner, Declan Grogan. Music is by Vincenzo Torsiello. Day of the Greeks is written by Joseph Blakely. We do this show every Saturday, and every Tuesday the videos are posted on YouTube, and the audio is available as an audio drama on all streaming platforms. We will see you again next week on Saturday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure to follow us online at Platform Prodco, P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M-P-R-O-D-C-O, for more information about episodes, when everything new is online. Meet the cast. Learn more. Have fun. We're really excited to be back, and we are really excited to see more from this team and from the writer and just all of it. It's exciting. I'm happy to be back. I missed everyone. All right. You have a good one. Good night, everybody. 